I am so happy that you're here, and I believe that the Lord will bless you today and fill you up spiritually with the faith that you need to do the things that He has called you to do in life. Praise God. Before we jump into the message today, let's first honor the Lord and worship the Lord by bringing the holy tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Listen to this amazing verse out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I would like to start in verse 9. The Apostle Paul said, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Verse 11, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Now, listen to verse 12, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. We've gone over many verses over the years proving from the Word of God, and remember God's Word is His revealed will. We have proved from the Word of God that God doesn't want you to lack. He wants you to be in a place where your needs are met. And here He gives a a very viable reason for why that should be, that you may walk properly toward those toward those who are outside. Okay, those who are outside would be the unbelievers, those that are outside of the church, and those who are outside of Christ. They don't know anything about Christianity, except for maybe what they see on TV or what they hear. But as far as knowing the Lord personally, they're not saved. And it is a very, it's a very undermining witness of the Christian faith when somebody says, I love the Lord, and you need to be saved, but they see you not pay your bills on time, or they see you not pay your mortgage, or they see you not make your car payment on time. And this goes on consistently, uh, not just maybe late payments, but maybe just no payments. And you just say, well, I'm sorry, I love the Lord, but I don't have the money. And they, they just think, wow, well, what, kind of a, what kind of a faith is this? So, and of course, an outsider would look at that and they would think, you know, I, I don't think I want anything to do with that. <laughs> I, I don't want to be in a situation like that. So this is an amazing verse, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. God wants you to be in a place where you never have lack. Why? So you can be a good Christian witness. Woo! Glory to God. Watch this. So that all of your bills are paid on time. Look, that'll preach right there. You may never share a verse with them. You may never share a sermon with them. They may, they may know that you're a Christian, but they may not know the ABCs of the faith or anything like that. But when they see your works, not the things you say so much, but when they see your works, they see you pay your bills on time. They see that, you know what, you're, you have ethics in your finances. They're like, wow, I, you know, you know I, I, I like that. And that is an amazing witness of of the nature and the character of God, and we need to express that because if we're always late with our money or we're not making payments or just sometimes, have you ever had a Christian never pay you back? Maybe they've they wanted a loan or maybe they, uh, you know, you, you paid them for a job and they just never did it or never showed up. I, I've had that happen to me. I've paid some, uh, you know, quote, quote, Christian businessmen to do some work, and they never, they never finished the work. <laughs> and then when I would call them and uh, say, hey, are, are you going to uh, come and uh, finish that job? They wouldn't even answer the phone, won't return the calls and things like that. So, uh, you know, those were small, small jobs, so I just wrote it off as forgiveness. But for them, when you sow like that, when, when they're sowing things like that, it's a very, it's a very poor witness, because they, if they would do that to a church, they would, they would certainly do it to an, to an unbeliever or somebody that maybe they think they can just get away with it. So we really need to honor the Lord in this area, believe that we are always in a place of no lack, because it allows us to be the Christian witness that God wants us to be. And so you need the abundance as well, so that should you see a brother or sister in the Lord, then you can, uh, who would be in a place of need, you can jump in there, help them meet that need, so that preserves their witness as well. I remember one time that when we were traveling full-time in the motorhome, you know, going around the country preaching the gospel, we were in Tennessee, and the motorhome broke down. Well, I was supposed to be at a meeting in Dallas, Texas, with this, within just a couple of days, 
But with the motorhome uh, broke down, I just thought, wow, I, I wonder how I'm going to be able to make it. Well, uh, a technician diagnosed the problem, found out that it was the fuel pump that had gone out, and the cost to have it re repaired and replaced, uh, you get a brand new one put in, was $1,500. And we did not have $1,500 to, uh, to do that. But I was talking on the phone with my dear friend, Dr. Wade Taylor, and he said, Stephen, what's going on right now? I said, well, I'm in a, I'm in a little bit of a tricky spot. I'm in Tennessee. The motorhome broke down, and I've got to get to a meeting in Dallas. And he said, how much does it cost to fix it? I said, $1,500. He goes, oh, I just, I, he said, I just happened to have an extra $1,500. He said, normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that like money like that just sitting around. He said, I'll just, he said, I'll put it in the mail and get it right to you. I said, wonderful. I said, thank you. <laughs> and that was a real blessing. How could he do that? Because he was at a place where God had blessed him with the overflow and he could just reach into my life and help preserve my testimony for the Lord, which is make the payment on that item that need to be purchased and repaired and then get over to the meeting and show up on time and get to the meeting. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, my friends, it is a real blessing to walk in continual abundance. And that's God's will for your life, because without that, your Christian witness will not have the effectiveness that God wants you to have by being a person that's very straight up and ethical with your finances. Woo, praise the Lord. This is very, very important. Okay, let me also ask, uh, answer a question today. I get a lot of questions that come to me through email, not, not so much in, in letters, but mainly through email. People ask me all kinds of questions about tithing and even offering. So today's question is this. Uh, the person said, Pastor Stephen, should I tithe on my Social Security check? I am on a fixed income. Okay, so let's take a look at a verse. Uh, this would be from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Okay, so think of it like this. Tithing is on the gross of all income, and that also includes fixed income. This is what you need to realize when you're looking at the tithe. And, and some people, some of God's people have a wrong mindset. But you need to remember that when it comes to tithing, God is trying to get prosperity to you. He's not trying to take money away from you. And sometimes believers think, well, God's just trying to take my money. And really, you have a, you have a wrong concept about the Lord. The Lord is good, and all of His intentions towards you are good, every single one of them. So when the Lord says, I have a financial system where you can come into a covenant relationship with me. Now, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about a covenant of salvation, but God presents a covenant of finances where you can come into Him, uh, come to come to Him and engage with Him on the platform of a financial covenant, and you come on that platform through tithing and operating the laws of seed time and harvest. But you, you step on that platform with tithing. Woo, hallelujah. So God's not trying to take, take provision away from you. He's trying to get provision to you. And I know what some Christians think. They think, Pastor Stephen, I can't tithe because if I tithe, I won't have enough money left to pay my bills. Okay, so stop and think about this just for a moment. If, if all you're doing is surviving, where things are so tight and so close that if 10% of your income were gone, you crash and burn or hit the wall and your whole world falls apart. What's, what's wrong with that picture? You shouldn't be skimming through life with your nose barely above. That doesn't sound like thriving. That to me sounds like you're surviving. You should be able to give God 10% up front. Remember the tithe is God's. It belongs to Him. If you're taking the tithe and you're using it to pay bills and things like that, you're, you're, taking, you're taking something that belongs to God and you're misallocating it. And that's why you're struggling. That's why you are in survival mode. And so I hear sometimes people say, I can't tithe Pastor Stephen. I, I don't have enough money. That's why you don't have enough money. That's why you're living a life of meager existence, barely getting by. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You start tithing, you start tithing, God, God can take you to a place where 
you know, 60-70% of the money's coming into you. You don't even need it. It's all overflow. What if 90% coming in was all overflow? Woo, glory to God. That's happened to people before, and I, can, I, I believe it can happen to you. Now, here's the thing. I was praying about this before doing the service today, and I really sense that there are, there are many that are watching that God wants to make you millionaires, multimillionaires, and you have to understand, if you will not tithe on $200, there's no way you're going to tithe on $200,000, even if you think you would, once you get, quote, breathing room. Well, Lord, once I get a little breathing room, then I'll start tithing. That is a deception, because if you're not faithful in the little, you're not going to be faithful in larger amounts. That, that is a, con a contradiction of ethics and principles. It doesn't work like that. So to think that if you had a $5 million inheritance come in, that somehow you're going to go out now and tithe on that when you're not even tithing on $500. It's just not going to happen. But let me say this, you'll never see the $5 million. You'll never see these big blessings of a million or two million or, or much more. You'll never see this provision pour into your life unless you make a commitment and a practice of tithing now. Glory to the Lord, because if you'll tithe on 10,000, you would tithe on 10 million. Oh, yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. And I want you to think also that these are not rare things happening. Don't, don't, don't think that maybe just because of what the news says, everybody's out there struggling. That is not the case. Just get in your car, drive around in the city. Look at all these massive car dealerships and all of these cars. And look at all these malls and look at all of this money. There's a lot of wealth in the world. Not everybody's struggling. Not everybody's struggling. And so you need to see yourself in a place of never lacking. You need to see yourself in a place of prosperity. And you need to see yourself in a place of tremendous revenue and influx of funds coming into your life. And you dispensing large tithes into the storehouse from which you are spiritually nourished and fed. Praise God. Lock into a financial covenant with God through the tithe. Tithe on everything that comes in. Hallelujah. Social Security, fixed income, any, anything. Anytime money's coming into your life, tithe on it. And tithe first. Give God the tithe first. And then after that, God will give you wisdom and blessing and favor to allocate other bills that need to be paid. And he'll even give wisdom in the area of savings and investings and everything like that. But pay God's tithe first. Put God first place in your life. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today, that as they bring the tithe, and those times when we have special, special projects, when they sow special offerings, Lord, as they honor you with tithes and offerings, I thank you, Father God, that you're opening the windows of heaven over their lives. You're pouring out the most amazing blessings. Woo! Father, we thank you for drenching your people with blessings, with wisdom and understanding, and incredible provision. Father, we thank you. We give you all of the praise. We say no lack, Father, no lack, so that we'll always have a viable, strong Christian witness with no bounce checks. Mm, mm. A bounce check is a terrible Christian witness. Father, we thank you that these things are being dried up, never ever to happen again in the lives of your people. We thank you for a sterling Christian witness and strong finances, where all of our needs are met, we're blessed, and we're able to reach into the lives of others and extend blessing as well. Father, we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Shout today, amen. Woo! I see abundant, abundant, abundant overflow sweeping into your life. Glory to God. Glory to God forevermore. Now, those of you that, that would prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, our zip code 28654. If you would like to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so. It's safe and secure. It's highly encrypted. You can visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can go there anytime and bring the tithes in. Also, if you would like to sow a special offering, we do have two projects going on right now. We have the Hanger Project. 
for the future ministry aircraft and we also have the fence project in which we're endeavoring to put a fence around the entire ministry property both of those projects are taking place right now I would encourage you to sow into them and thank you because it is a great blessing to the ministry glory to God now let's jump into today's message let us begin in the gospel of Matthew chapter 24 Matthew chapter 24 and please meet me in verse 21 follow along quickly because time will fly by Heavenly Father as we go into your word we ask that your Holy Spirit would quicken it make it alive make it living make it like food to us and we thank you that it is our spiritual food thank you father let our faith be strengthened let us do great exploits in the name of Jesus that you might receive all the glory and the honor in Jesus name we pray we agree and say amen today we're talking about redeeming the time Matthew 24 verse 21 for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Praise the Lord. We still have 24 hours in a day, but my goodness, don't they just fly by? Doesn't a month just fly by? And a year just seems to whoosh, zoom by. This year is already drawing towards the end of the year. Time moves very, very quickly. And as we get closer and closer to the end of time, there's a sense of time being sped up. But we will also be in that place where we're going to see the unfolding of the last days. And they're going to be the most amazing times that we have ever lived in. We need to be ready to meet the Lord at any time we need to be ready every day to preach the gospel and do all that we can with the short remaining time that we have left praise the Lord because it says unless those days were shortened no flesh would be saved these are wicked cruel and evil days and righteousness is rising in the people of God within the Holy Church but sin and lawlessness and evil and wickedness is rising in the world amongst the unsaved and these two are going to continue to increase until the final culmination of time praise the Lord my friends we need to have our days structured we need to have our time wisely spent and wisely used because Time is very, very quickly running out. Woo! It's a, it's a very costly commodity that once it's spent, you can't get it back. Praise the Lord. So we need to be really, really living for the Lord. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22, verse 11. It says, He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. The end of the ages is upon us. Many will come to the Lord, many will be saved. But there will be others who are wicked, who are unholy, who are unjust, literally who are filthy. And they want to stay like that. And they, they don't want to change. And you know what? The Lord says, well, if they want to stay like that, they can. But as for us, we are going to go on and we're going to continue to walk in righteousness, knowing that our day in the Lord is getting brighter and brighter. And we have a glorious future in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So things are winding down in the earth. We need to face reality. While many will be saved, some areas are so entrenched in darkness they have no desire to change and we need to sometimes realize that that there are certain regions I would even say sadly certain nations that they are going to resist and resist and when I speak of nations I'm speaking particularly of the leaders they just don't want the gospel they don't want to be a sheep nation they want to be a goat nation 
and they want to continue in their idolatry and in their wicked and corrupt ways. Well, when the 1,000 year reign comes, when Jesus rules and reigns on the earth, it says that he will rule with the rod of iron, and they will submit to him. They will feign submission. In other words, they'll act like, okay, uh, we'll do it right now, uh, now that you're ruling with a rod of iron, we'll straighten up. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they give their heart to the Lord, but they, they better behave. I believe that when the Lord rules and reigns, some of the things that you only get little glimpses of today will become standard practice when, the, when Jesus is on the throne. You know, when you go to Singapore, uh, not as a, you know, Singaporean resident, but when you travel from another nation, such as America, like myself going to Singapore, when you go to Singapore, and they stamp your passport upon your entrance into their country, you, you find out that they have some interesting rules that you have to follow. There's, there is no chewing gum, uh, and if you, you, know, you chew gum and you, you spit that gum on the, on the ground, uh, you, can get, you can get heavy heavy punishment for that. I thought it was hilarious one time, and I was with some minister friends, and we were uh, together at a large conference in Israel, and there was a lot of people at the conference from Singapore, and all the kids, all the young children were chewing gum, and they were just buying gum. And it seemed like almost every time we'd see a convenience store or something like that, they're, they're buying more chewing gum. And uh, my wife asked him, well, you know, what, what's the big deal with the gum? I mean, we've got, we've got chewing gum all around us in America. They're like, well, we can't chew it in Singapore <laughs> because of the laws. <laughs> so out of the country, they're having fun chewing their gum. But also in Singapore, when they stamp your passport, they put a piece of paper in your passport. And you, as long as you're visiting their country, you are not allowed to take that piece of paper out of your passport. And that piece of paper is a notice that says, if you are caught trafficking drugs, you are given the death penalty. No, no, you're, you're not given like 20 years in prison or 50 years in prison. You're, get, you're, you're getting put to death. You're getting the, you're getting the death penalty. And uh, that's for anybody trafficking in drugs. Would you believe with the death penalty looming over anybody that they catch and that they, they look for them too? Would you believe with, with that hanging over the country, there are still those that still traffic drugs, knowing that if they get caught, their life is finished. <laughs> but that's just a little glimpse of what it will be like when the, when the Lord Jesus will rule with a rod of iron, and, he, and when He will say, no smoking, Woo, hey, isn't that going to be nice? When all of this garbage tobacco, and I, look, I'm from North Carolina, and our state is probably the leading exporter of tobacco in the world. I know our neighbor Virginia up above us in the north, they, they export a lot of tobacco also, but I think we still have them beat as far as the volume of tobacco going out. I, actually, one time we were in Israel, and we were in an area where there was just so much smoke, and so many Israelis were smoking, and so many Arabs were smoking. And Kelly said, she said, oh, there's just, uh, she said, well, there's a lot of smoke around here. And the tour guide, knowing where me and Kelly were from, he said, well, Kelly, he said, you guys are the one that, you guys are the ones that sent it here over here to us in the first place. <laughs> he said, it's all coming from North Carolina. <laughs> See, even the Israelis and the Arabs know where it's coming from. Oh, hallelujah. May, may North Carolina be the state that continues to export the gospel, D uh, despite the beloved death of our great statesman Billy Graham. Uh, may North Carolina still be a leader in the exporting of the gospel, not tobacco. But when Jesus comes to rule and reign, uh, well, you know, that's going to be chop suey. That's going to be over. And uh, watch, watch what's going to happen with all the li quote, liquor laws and stuff like that. A lot of changes coming when the Lord Jesus rules from His throne in Jerusalem. You can read about that in the book of uh, Zechariah, the closing chapters. Now, Revelation 22, verse 11, again, He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. See, time's running out. If you want to stay like that, you can be like that. What's going on? Time's running out. Some aren't going to change. Many will, but there's going to be others who, who aren't. Some people bless their hearts. They're thinking that Hollywood is somehow going to become Hollywood. It's not. It's not. I've got pastor friends, evangelist friends that used to be actors in Hollywood. 
uh, and they realize you you cannot be in that industry unless you just want to you know the if you want the roles you're going to have to sin there's a couple of particular sins that you'll have to do if you want to be the lead actor in big in big stuff I'm not talking about Christian movies okay because those those are like little bitty bleeps on the radar but if you want the big movies and the big shows and stuff like that uh, there's a lot of uh, bowing down that goes on in the back rooms there's a there's major compromise in areas of sin and so a lot of Christians are like Hollywood is going to become Hollywood no it's not because the ruling evil spirit which is actually a fallen angel. See, not all the fallen angels are chained. Some of them still have, they still have dominions within these spiritual realms of darkness. But the, the angel, the, the, the dark angel, the wicked angel that's over Hollywood is very, very powerful. This is a wicked spirit in high places. And so he's not going anywhere. And uh, because, because all of the filth that's produced out of that is a major, major demonic stronghold. And some of these strongholds are not going to collapse and fall until Satan is pulled down out of the heavenlies by Michael the archangel. And then he has to fight on the ground, just like everybody else does. But until that time comes, they're in those positions of strongholds. Praise the Lord. And it's good to understand that. And there's people that are under the influence of these evil spirits. They're not going to change. They're going to keep making vile, filthy, dirty movies. Movies, of course, with which really no Christian should be watching. And there's a lot of believers that will just go out and watch anything. They'll let anything in their eye gate. They'll let anything into their ears. And, uh, you know, it's very, very dangerous to do that. These are the last days. And you're, you're sitting in environments like that. You're really letting large amounts of spiritual defilement come up on you. Woo, it's very, very dirty. Praise God. So, you know what? These are things that we have to understand. There are some that want to stay filthy. And you know what? If they want to, they can. It's not God's will for them to stay like that, but they can. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Praise God. Let's continue on. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. And let's drop down to verse 14. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 5, verse 14. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk uprightly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, making the most of it, using it for all that you can, getting every bit of the value out of it that you have redeeming the time because the days are evil and they're not going to get better. They're going to get more evil. Now I'm not saying that we don't need to pray and believe God for a move of the spirit and spiritual awakening and revival and all of those things. I believe that's all in the mix, but we need to also understand that the devil's not going away just yet until that time comes. So he's going to stay busy. He's going to stay doing this stuff and the things that are out there now that are bad are going to continue to degradate and get worse. There is a degrading that's going on. And if you look at our American culture, look at world culture, the way people dressed in the 1850s and the early 1900s and the way clothing is today, it's just clothing's coming off left and right, you know, and it's just there, there's no modesty anymore. There's no modesty in language anymore. You can walk through an airport. I know if I walk to the Charlotte airport, just walking from the, the entrance to my terminal and, and the gate that I would go to, I'll probably hear 40 profane words out loud. I mean, uh, you know, not just like some of the simple curse words that people use, but just every foul, and people are just walking, talking out loud like it's normal. What's going on? The days are evil, and that's going to continue. Wicked people, evil people that don't know the Lord. Praise God. So, this is what we need to do. See then that you walk uprightly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days, of, the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, we want to redeem the time that we have. When we redeem the time, we begin to understand the Lord's will. We begin to understand the end time prophetic time clock. We begin to understand the deception that's out there that... A lot of Christians, even they're in the fog, not, not knowing what's going on, not knowing what the enemy is doing, not knowing his plots and his plans within the earth or the plots against the church. But when you really 
use your time right and you begin to structure and order your day the plan of God the will of God begins to get unveiled to you Woo! thank you Lord Jesus and you stay dialed in with what God is doing now let's go over to first Thessalonians chapter 5 I really like this verse first Thessalonians chapter 5 Verse 1, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Woo! For when they say peace and safety, which, which they're saying right now in many ways, you know, it's not like we have a war, war going on right now, but when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. But you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Verse six is what I want to talk about. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Okay, the word watch is a reference to prayer, and it says, let us be sober. To be sober means to be on alert. So the watch referring to a prayer watch, a night watch. Why? Because if the thief is going to come, often he comes at night. But here we have a reference of the Lord coming as a thief in the night. Woo, praise God. So that's a reference in a good way that you just don't know when he's going to come. I believe that it's good to study what the theologians would call in time eschatology, the unfolding of the end time events. And you know, there's there's various views, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. And as one theologian called it, pantrib, which is, you know, it just all, it'll just pan out however God wants it to pan out. Well, I'm not pantrib because I believe we do have some good insight in Scripture of what the end time plan will be. But I believe that, I believe that regardless, we need to be walking with the Lord very, very closely because we're in the last days, the end of time, the end of time. You know, it was about about 15 years ago here in Moravian Falls where, you know, I just noticed, me and Kelly noticed that a lot of people were really up on the, the theology of, you know, we're going to go, we're all going to go through the, um, the great tribulation. And a, a lot of people were, you know, they were just, they were ready to tribulate. They, they were saving up their money and buying guns. They were buying beans and rice and all kinds of food that you could put in storage bins and, they were getting all these greenhouses ready and, and, and all of this stuff and uh, trying to do all these, I call it like goofy stuff. And uh, they're, they're putting all their trust in their ability to, you know, to get ready to tribulate. But, you know, I was talking to a, an elderly man one day and he said, he said, Stephen, I, I see all of these preppers trying to prep for the tribulation that they think they're going to go through. And he goes, he goes, I don't know about you, but when I read the book of Revelation and I see those judgments and those wraths that are poured out by God, there's, he said, there's no way in the world I want to go through that. I said, thank you for your honesty. Okay, so that, that, those are things we need to understand as we are on the end time prophetic clock. Because it says in verse 9, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So however the end time events will unfold, you need to understand that you're not appointed for wrath. God's not going to pour wrath on you. The wrath is for all the wicked and all the, the filthy people that want to be filthy and actually celebrate sin. Not only do it, but celebrate it and want to corrupt those who don't do it. So those are the ones that the wrath is going to get dumped on. Woo! And all of those that hate Israel, they're all going to get blasted with the wrath of God. Yes, I'm very pro-Israel because God is very pro-Israel. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, you can quote me on that. Put me on a list or whatever you want to do. If you're, you know, somebody watching that's, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, make sure he's marked for the end times we're going to get him. Well, go ahead and put me on the list because I 100% stand with Israel. Praise the Lord. 
glory to God. But I do know that this, that the wrath is coming for the wicked and for the unbelievers. It's not coming for the people of God. So you don't need to like make preparations for somehow trying to like, you know, like you're going to be Rambo, you know, going through the end time rap, you know, the end time tribulation with like a machine gun, you know, guarding your rice and beans, mowing people down. No, uh, a lot of those people that were doing all that stuff, most of those people have left. They've moved. Uh, their greenhouses never, you know, they're all abandoned and stuff like that. And it just, it just didn't work out. So, you know, you just need to pray and you need to walk with the Lord. Because if you are left behind by the Lord for a specific purpose to do a specific assignment, there, there would be divine coverage and divine protection and it would have to be supernatural because all you have to do is read the wrath of God in revelation. that's going to be poured out. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, like massive meteorites crashing into the ocean and massive tidal waves and millions and millions, but billions actually of people dying. I mean, this is stuff that's off the charts, unlike anything the world has ever seen before. So no, you don't even want to be around for that. And the very horrors of it are beyond imagination. So, you know, just walk with the Lord, and when it's time for us to go home to be with the Lord, we'll all be ready to go. Praise God. But the thing is, is that you need to, you need to adjust the way that you look at time, and the way that you're treating your time, particularly according to verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. I want to challenge you to not have any more wasted days. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by wasted days? Those days you wake up and your rhythm is off and you never quite get synced to do the things that you're supposed to do. And by the time the sun's going down, you just feel like, you know what? I don't feel like I accomplished anything today. Well, maybe it's because you didn't. Why? Because verse six, therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. But it, it, it flows around the way you sleep. Praise the Lord. Now, normally, they say that the human body needs at least seven hours of sleep at night. They say the, the, the sweet spot is somewhere between seven and nine hours. Okay? But I think there's something when you begin to seek the Lord and tie into the Lord in the early morning hours. I believe there is a grace that comes upon your life where I'm not saying you won't experience some fatigue, but there is something that flows from the Lord that sustains you. That if you will get up early and seek God in prayer, in other words, verse 6, therefore let us not sleep as others do. If you will change your sleep in order to watch and be sober, to pray and understand the end time events, if you will do that, God will restore your strength. God will re supernaturally restore energy into even your physical body. And it has to be, it has to be done in order to experience it. Because there's a part of this, I can't even explain it. All I can say is that when you do it, there's grace that comes. And you think, well, you know, I should be tired. I, I didn't get a lot of sleep because I spent some extra hours in prayer. But uh, I just somehow keep on going. Why is this? It's a mystery. See, the Bible tells us not to look into the mystery of lawlessness. Don't try to figure out maybe why some things are the way they are in, the, in relation to sin. Because we don't want to be always looking at sin. Now, we need to be aware of things. But you don't want to be looking into that because it's just garbage and junk. Okay? So we're told not to look into the mystery of lawlessness. But we are told to ponder and meditate upon the mystery of godliness. Wow. Hallelujah. So there is a strength, a godliness, a flow that comes from the Lord that when you seek the Lord, He gives you grace and strength to keep on going. And when you need to sleep, He'll give it to you. It might be in the back of a boat, like Jesus, who would just grab that sleep sometimes whenever He could get it. Why would he be so tired? Why, why would he fall into such a deep sleep, even though there's a storm going on? Because he would be getting up early on a regular basis to pray and spend extra time with the Lord. And trust me, if the 
Sadducees and the Pharisees and the experts of the Mosaic law were ready to meet you at seven o'clock in the morning when you came out. And when, if they were ready to meet you with their, their most brilliant minds as lawyers trained in the Torah, if they're ready to meet you and try to snare you in your words and try to get you to say or make a mistake, knowing that they're waiting for you, you just wouldn't want to walk into a day casually like that. But see, every day was like that for the Lord. Every day, the enemy had snares and plots and all kinds of kooky stuff plotted from every day. But the Lord overcame every single day, and it begins with the way that you sleep. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Woo! Well, let us watch. That refers to the night watches of prayer. Let us watch and be sober. You can't be sober if you're not getting that prayer time in. You're not going to know what's going on. And when, when, uh, when things happen, people are caught off guard, even in the church. And they're like, I can't believe that happened. Well, you, if you'd had your antennas up, you could have sensed something's going to happen today. Or something's coming. The Holy Spirit will share these amazing revelations with you. He'll help you order your day, and you'll never have another wasted day in your life. I believe because the days are evil, and the darkness is becoming gross darkness. And it is gross, isn't it? It's just flat out, it's just flat out lunacy. It, it, it's, I would even call it insanity. Some of the things that are out there that are being celebrated as good they're actually, it's actually insanity. That's how crazy it is. So, my friends, these are the days that are, that we're in them. They're not just coming, they're here. These are the days that are evil, and every day that we go into, we need to understand time is running out. We've got to make every day count, and you're not going to be able to do that unless you're really walking close with the Lord. I would suggest to you to prayerfully consider altering even the way that you sleep. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, the, uh, you know, the, the sleep specialist, the doctors who study sleep, say that we need nine hours a day. Well, where's that at in the Bible? I, I don't see that in the Bible. No, we do need to have sleep. That's a mechanism. That's, you know, one of the things that makes us tick. And you do need to have food. Because, you know, you need food to live. But at the same time, you don't need as much food as you think you need. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's easy for you to say because you're skinny. Well, you know, I, I, could, I could weigh 300 pounds if I wanted to. I could weigh, you know, 280 if I wanted to. But, you know, I just, I just choose to push the plate back if I'm getting full. That's all, that's all that is, praise the Lord. It's not because of genetics or it's not because of something like that. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. I, I just know that this is beginning to soak into your spirit. And so I'm taking my time here, slowing down here on, on purpose. You can change the way that you sleep. You, you may have been told that you, you need nine hours, and maybe your mind says, oh, I, uh, I'm still tired. But I have found that if you get up, you may feel tired. But once you get going, you're like, hey, I'm feeling okay. And it's the most amazing realization to realize, wow, I'm up and I'm praying, and I didn't think I could do this, but yet here I am, and I'm doing okay. And if I had laid there in bed, I would have lost. I would have lost all of this. I would have lost the, the anointing that I'm receiving. I would have lost the strength, the relationship. I would have lost this amazing time that I'm having with the Lord if I would have just laid there and would have slept the way everybody else sleeps. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, of course, when you step into this, it's very important what you do the night before. Because if you stay up to 1 o'clock in the morning watching mindless television programs, that grace that you're needing is not going to be there. You have to be a disciplined person. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to, like, wear, you know, alarm clocks on your head or something like that. But you do have to think, I need to get up early to pray, so you're going to structure your time in the evening, so you're not, you're not wasting your time, because you're going to need the strength as much as you can to get up. Praise the Lord. Now, I really do believe, I'm actually, I'm actually convinced of it, that God does send His angels to help us get up and pray. 
I'm going, to give, I'm going to give a prayer challenge here in just a little bit for you to meet me in prayer in the morning at 3.33 in the morning. Why is that, Pastor Stephen? Because 3.33 is the hour, the Holy Spirit told me, 3.33 in the morning is the hour of divine secrets. Woo! Hallelujah. See, it's time to say goodbye to the stupor. People that are not sober are in a stupor. They, they're just, they're out of it. And they're being, they're being overwhelmed by the wave of the, cult, of the cultural corruption that is happening in, the, in this nation today. And they're, they're even beginning, some Christians are even beginning to, to change their theology and, and starting to think, well, maybe it is okay. What's going on? They're, in a, they're getting caught up in the stupor. But when you walk with the Lord, you stay sober. You stay so sharp. And you're like, now hold on a minute. The Bible says that's wrong. The Bible says that's a sin. The Bible says that's perversion and that's evil. I believe the Bible. The Bible hasn't changed. Glory to God. But the Holy Spirit will meet you. Glory to God. 3.33 in the morning is the hour of the revealing of divine secrets. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know what's the most amazing thing? Is that if you stay up late at night doing silly stuff like watching television or watching, watching sports, glory to God. Woo! I heard a loud pop somewhere, and I don't know what it was. <laughs> I believe it was like an angelic clap or something. That was an amazing experience, glory to God. But I, I believe that God will send the angels to, to get you up. This is what's so amazing. There have been times I've stayed up till midnight praying. And then I would think, I need to still get up early in the morning to meet the Lord at 3.33 in the morning. Do you know that because I stayed up late doing something that was kingdom-oriented, that when it came time to get up to pray in the morning, that the grace was still there? And I'm thinking, I've only had like three and a half hours of sleep. I should be wore out. Why am I able to do this? Because, because of the grace of God. Now, let me go back to the angels, because... Something's going on even here right now in the studio with the angels. If you will make a commitment to get up, they'll help you. They will help you to a point. Now, still set your alarm, but the angels will help you because sometimes you could just turn the alarm off, but oftentimes the angels will still help you. They may shake you. I've, ha I've actually have had them grab my hand and pull me up. They don't do that all the time. That's only happened maybe three times. But I've had them wake me up in other ways many, many times. Often, I would say the number one way, loud noises. Something that you think is a natural disruption, maybe a motorcycle like a Harley Davidson going by, and you think, that doesn't make any sense. Who's driving a, who's driving a Harley at 3 o'clock in the morning? Well, I'm just saying angels will do all kinds of things to wake you up. And it could be something like I just heard here in the studio in just a, a couple of minutes ago, like a really loud pop, which I don't even know where it came from. I've never heard that in here before. But things like that can happen. And it may even like, in a good way, startle, startle you and you get up and you think, well, I'm up, I might, I might as well stay up. Yes, that's exactly what God wants you to do. Take advantage of that and get up and get out of bed and go and meet the Lord in prayer. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise today. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Praise the Lord. I, I believe that the Apostle Paul, I don't think he slept very much. I think he did get some sleep. But I believe that he was so caught up in prayer and into the study of the Word and to fulfilling his apostolic ministry, I believe he slept very little. And I believe that, that this is an untapped realm in the body of Christ where we can really find some time here to get closer to the Lord. I, I know some would say, Pastor Stephen, I just don't have time. Everybody's got time. It's just a matter of priorities. It, but I would put the Lord first, and I would, I would dismiss something else, something that's, that's not going to matter in the whole scheme of God's eternal plan for your life. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord Jesus. This is a time, this is a time when we must be sober, we must be watching. Glory to the Lord. We must be up. And in order to do that, you're going to have to alter the way that you sleep. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for your people, that they would consider the words of the Apostle Paul, whom I'm convinced had a very unusual way of sleeping. 
And Father, we even see the Lord Jesus falling asleep in the back of a ship. They obviously had a little sleeping area for him. But Father, he was so tired, and he would push so hard and so long in prayer. So Father, the, the, the lifestyles, as we see glimpses into their devotional lives of the Lord Jesus and these other great men of faith from your word. Father, help us to take these little pieces and put them all together as a beautiful mosaic of sleep and prayer. And let us draw near to you, receiving the grace that we need and the strength that we need in these last days. Father, we thank you for your understanding that these last days are evil. So we need to be alert. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. You know, the enemy, with his evil plans, he is really after this next generation of young people. Parents, those of you that are parents and you have to raise your children, you really, you really need to get up early and pray for your children before they go to school. Because in the public schools, there is so much indoctrination. There is indoctrination of same-sex marriage. There is every type of... Uh, crazy, perverted teaching that is now being introduced to the children, and even uh, laws are passed where it has to be taught to the children now. So these are things that you have to be aware of, and you really need to pray for your children. You would even, I would even suggest praying where you send your children to school at. I think that's extremely, extremely important. I, I know that a parent might say, well, you know, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to send them where they can get the best education. Well, what if they get a really good education, but, you know, th that, that organization takes their soul? You know, I was talking with a, a minister, very well-known minister, and he said, he said, Stephen, he said, my granddaughter got a scholarship at a major Ivy League university, full, a four-year full-covered scholarship. Now, that's worth, uh, that's worth a couple of hundred of thousands of dollars free a whole thing paid for for four years and when it was first revealed you know some years back the whole family was happy but he said you know she came out of that she graduated four years later and she went into that university loved God on fire for God filled with the spirit spoke in other tongues loved the Lord within four years she graduated, came out of that, and she hates God, curses God. She's a flaming liberal that hates anything to do with God or Christianity. Why? Because of where she went to school at. Mm. I'm just telling you, you need to live for eternity, and you really need to pray about where your children should go to school at. Praise the Lord. That's, that is when they're under your authority and under your control. When they're full-grown adults, they're out of the house and on their own, then they can make their own choices. But you want, to, you want to take them in the right direction. Praise God. Because these are evil days that we're living in. And the enemy is after the souls of young people. He wants to defile them, pervert them. He really wants to get the world ready for the Antichrist. And a one-world government, and a one-world false religion... You really need to be walking with the Lord because there, there will be millions of Christians that are just swept into it. They'll accept it. They'll believe it. There'll even be false signs and wonders done by the false prophet. So this is not a time to be asleep. This is a time to be up and praying, walking with the Lord so that you can't be tricked or fooled. Praise God. Let's grab our communion today. Please grab some unleavened bread, some grape juice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to the Lord. God's going to release great prosperity into your life. That's why you really need to be prayed up so that you're, you're open and ready to have these divine connections where because you're redeeming the time, now you're in the right place at the right time. And right connections, provision flowing, proper allocation of the, of the provision, everything working the way God wants it to. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we bless the bread, the juice. This is now the body of Jesus. This is now His blood. We give you praise, Father. We thank you. We thank you for helping us to make those adjustments with our sleep. Thank you, Father God. And we thank you that the sleep that we do have will be very, very sleep. Uh, it'll be very, very deep and very, very sweet. We thank you, Father. Father, we, we receive the body of Jesus. 
we receive his body with great thanksgiving. Thank you, Father God. Father, his body must have gotten tired at times. We know that, for example, when he sat down with the woman at the well, and it says he was tired. He was tired. He was also thirsty. So, Father, we know that he had a flesh and blood body just like we do. So, he can relate to what it is that we go through. So, Father, we thank you for grace and for strength. We receive the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in faith right now. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. For those of you that would like to participate, what we're going to do on the early morning prayer challenge is we're going to be praying at 3.33 in the morning. Now, of course, I live in an eastern time zone. You may live somewhere else in the world, but wherever you're at, get up at 3.33 in the morning. I would say it like this. Get up a little bit earlier than that, maybe five minutes earlier, and be at your post. Be at your place of prayer at 3.33 in the morning, okay? And I want you to aim for one hour. Jesus said, could you not tarry an hour? Okay, we're going we're gonna to do this for 21 days. If you do it for 21 days, straight, with no misses, I would love to hear from you through email, okay? And just email me uh, when it's done and tell me that you made it. I'd like to rejoice with you. And if you have a testimony that you would like to share or something that happened, which I'm sure there will be during this, during this experience, then I would like for you to send that to me, okay? Well, you might think, well, Pastor Stephen, when do I start? You start the very next morning of whatever it is that you're hearing this message, okay? So if you hear this on Sunday, start early Monday morning. If you're hearing this on Thursday, start early Friday morning and go 21 days by meeting the Lord at 3.33 in the morning. Glory to God. Go 21 days and go, endeavor to go for at least an hour, okay? Some of you, you'll have the strength to go longer, Glory to the Lord. But this will put you in that place where you will begin to experience 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Okay, then that carries you in into the prayer watch and to the sobriety that's needed in the last days. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes all of our sins away. Father, we thank you that the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians, that he forgot everything that was behind, all of his sins, all of his failures, all of his shortcomings, all of the times perhaps when he should have prayed, but he didn't, the times when he should have drawn nearer to you, but he didn't. Father, we just thank you that all of our sins are behind us. We ask that as we receive the body of Jesus and the blood, that you would just wash all of our sins away clean. And now, Father God, we exercise our faith on that. We believe that you have forgiven us of all of our sins, and we forgive anybody who has sinned against us. We thank you, Father. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We give you all the glory and the praise. Let's receive the blood of Christ now. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Okay, starting tomorrow morning, Meet the Lord at 3.33 in the morning, endeavor to go for an hour, because Jesus said, could you not tarry with me one hour? Hallelujah. Go longer if you'd like. And of course, during the daytime, if you want to pray during the daytime, that's all wonderful as well. Pray at night, whatever makes you happy. But endeavor to seek the Lord in those hours is a very quiet time, is a very peaceful time. Look for the help to get up. Look, if you just get up, and get to your spot, you've already won 95% of the battle. Why? Because most people never show up. But if you just show up and you just get there, you're, you're going you're gonna to most likely make it because you've already done the hardest part. Get a coffee if you need to, and just sit there with the Lord and pray. Pray in the Spirit. If you're too tired to pray in English, just pray the whole thing in, 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 the, in tongues. Just sit there and pray in tongues the whole time. But just spend time with the Lord. Revelation will flow. The unveiling of the end times will flow. Glory to the Lord. Because soon and very soon we will go to be with the Lord forever and forevermore. We want to be ready for that day. Want to see as many people swept into the kingdom as possible while we still yet have time. Glory to God. Okay, so think about where you're going to be praying at tomorrow morning. Get your place ready. Get your little, if it's a couch or a seat, get it ready. 
put your pillow there. Not, not, you know, you don't want to lay down because if you lay down, you're going to fall asleep. But you want to be sitting up. You want some comfort because you'll be sitting there for a while. And just get that prepped. I'll be praying at my, my special place. And I'll be up praying uh, at least for an hour. So know that you're not the only one. Okay? But there, there's others around the world. Because we have online church members in China, in South Africa, in Nigeria, in, uh, in Europe. We have online church members in Australia, and all throughout America, and Canada, and all over the world. So look, we're, we're just praying, hallelujah, drawing near to the Lord. Because these while they're in the world would be the worst of times, these for the people of God are the best of times, and we don't want to miss anything. I believe many of you during these 21 days, you're going to have visions and supernatural encounters in the heavenly realm. Get ready for that, and even expect the angelic help to get you up. It'll be there if you need it. Glory to God. Do your best, and God will send the angels to help you as well. Okay? My friends, God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next time. Till then, get up early and pray, and be willing to make those adjustments in your sleep. And trust me, you'll find the grace of God as you do. Thank you for watching.